0: This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth With Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to Truth in the Streets. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman, and we come together every Sunday as a community of believers all over the world. And I'm so grateful that you're joining us today. I'm so grateful wherever you're joining us from, just a very special welcome to you. I'm so glad that you're here. I pray that you've already been blessed by some worship music and the Lord has been preparing your heart for today's sermon. We're gonna be talking about something, I think that it's gonna help you for one, but also a topic that seems to be uh, maybe challenging to understand. Maybe, depending on your background or your upbringing, he wasn't talked about a lot. Maybe he was. Uh, but for me, it's just been over the last three years that I've had a better understanding of who this person is and how much he loves me, how much he wants to help me each day, and how he kind of makes everything come together to understand the Trinity, and that's the Holy Spirit. So I just pray that um, you'll learn something new today. Maybe a piece will fall into place that uh, you've struggled with over the years. Maybe you'll have a better understanding of who he is and how he wants to work in your life. And I just pray that as we talk about him today, he will make himself become very real to you and uh, an important part of your relationship with God. So with lots of things to talk about, about the Holy Spirit, let's invite him in this morning and let's open this up with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this word that you have put on my heart. I thank you for what I've been learning over the last three years. And I just pray now, today, in this moment, that you will open up our hearts and our ears for everything that you want us to know, everything that you want to say. I just pray that you will use my mouth to speak your truth. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place to do a mighty work in all of us, to work and move supernaturally, as only you can do. So I pray for each person listening, each person watching, that you will give them new revelation today about you. We love you and praise you and thank you and give you this time and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So why talk about the Holy Spirit? I think for me, like I mentioned here just a few minutes ago, that I've been on this journey of understanding who the Holy Spirit really is the importance of him in my life and understanding the relationship between God, the father and Jesus, the son, and that that Holy Spirit, he is a important piece of that puzzle. And I think growing up, uh, not necessarily my church's fault, but maybe just the way things were presented. Uh, we talked a lot about God. We talked a lot about Jesus. But for me, the Holy Spirit was always kind of like described as that crazy uncle that that maybe comes at Christmas and birthday parties. He comes in, he flies in from some unknown place he's been traveling. Uh, he swoops in and does some crazy stuff and then he leaves again and um, you don't really talk with him or get postcards from him. Uh, And that's the extent of the relationship. But I think for me, uh, understanding who the Holy Spirit really is, I realized that there was a lot of years that I missed out on what he was actually uh, doing in my life and what kind of relationship I could actually have with him. And I think that I've realized for a lot of years that I missed out, that I didn't fully understand the importance of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and what He wants to be in my life. Mostly because I didn't understand who the Holy Spirit is. And maybe that's your issue today. Maybe you know about Him, but you're really not sure how he works in with God and Jesus and maybe he is kind of like the crazy uncle for you. So it's important though that we have a conversation and talk about him because he's such an intricate part and I think partly the reason that this came up today and God put it upon my heart to talk about the Holy Spirit was I was having a conversation with someone else and they were talking about a conversation that they were having about the Holy Spirit and everything was messed up. In my spirit, I was like, Oh no, that's not how you think about the Holy Spirit. I mean, I was so upset in my own spirit that I was like, how many people out there, don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, and we should probably rectify that. We should probably have that be a sermon to talk about it so that the Holy Spirit can be introduced or presented in a godly, truthful, Bible-adhering way. And so that's why we're doing this today. So if we're going to grow our knowledge of God, which is why we're here every week, right, renewing our minds so that we can become more like Jesus and have that closer relationship with God, we have to understand how everything works. And so I wanna just encourage you to really lean in and grab hold of this revelation today about the Holy Spirit. So when does the Holy Spirit show up in the Bible? I think for me, I thought it was during Pentecost. Right when we were reading in Acts and how the church was coming to life and the Holy Spirit, you know, filled the room and there were flames of fire and tongues of fire and speaking in tongues. And that was when the Holy Spirit came on the scene. But if you look in your Bible to the very beginning to Genesis in those first couple of verses, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the earth and the spirit of God was hovering over the earth. My friends, this is the Holy Spirit. This is God's spirit, which is one in the same. I didn't know that either. I was thinking Holy Spirit. No, it's God's spirit. The Holy Spirit. So we know God was there in the beginning. The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. And if you haven't yet made the connection, Jesus was there in the beginning. John tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have all been here since the beginning. That took me a while to put that all into perspective. Maybe you're quicker than me, but for some reason, uh, the Holy Spirit was missing from that equation for me. And I didn't understand the importance of the three of them combined, or that they have been here since the beginning, all of them, and the intricate parts they've played even when I didn't know it throughout the Old Testament coming into the New Testament. So they are all there in the beginning, but what we see as we read the Bible is that it was God who had the relationship with Adam and Eve. We're not reading about Jesus in the Old Testament in Genesis per se. We're not reading about the Holy Spirit. We're reading about God and how God made everything, how God was having their relationship with Adam and Eve, and it was God who had the relationship with the Israelites as we continue from Genesis to Exodus. It was God who had the relationship with the people throughout the Old Testament. Now we see you know, prophesying, we see Jesus come up throughout different Psalms, uh, different prophesying that Jesus would come on the scene in the, the New Testament. But ultimately, what we're reading about in the Old Testament is this relationship with God that he has with his people. And more importantly, how God tried to have a relationship with his people, but they kept walking away from him. They kept wanting to do their own thing. They kept putting idols in place of God. They kept wanting to go and do their own thing and um, whatever felt good and they didn't want to listen to God. And so we see this struggle between Genesis and Malachi, this constant struggle with sin and falling away from God and how God keeps trying to restore the people back to him. And when we finally turn that page from Malachi to Matthew, we see God wanting to end that struggle with his people and that battle that he was kept doing with the people trying to bring them close to him. And we see God sending his one and only son to earth for this ultimate restoration, for this ultimate return. Jesus came to demolish the works of the enemy. He came to die on a cross to give us everlasting life. He came to tear that curtain in half that separates us from God, that we can have full access to God, that we can go to that throne room of God and have that relationship with him. And Jesus did that. Jesus did all of that so that we could have this full restoration back to God. And with that, Jesus restored God's shalom. Jesus came into the world as the Prince of Peace. That shalom is what was in God's original design. Nothing missing and nothing broken. And with Jesus, we can have access, as I said, to the throne of God. We can have that relationship with God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But how does that work? How does that work? Maybe if we don't fully understand the relationship, we don't fully understand what we've been reading in God's word, or maybe we've never read that. The Bible isn't our go-to. So how do we understand this full relationship if we don't understand all all the people involved? And as we start reading the New Testament, and we have to pay attention, and I'm asking you to to look for that now as, as you're spending time in God's Word, in your alone time. Start looking for the Holy Spirit incredibly, you're going to find him, more references of him than you even imagined. For example, in Matthew 3, we're reading about John the Baptist. And he says to the people who are coming to be baptized, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his weight into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire so before Jesus's ministry even starts John is talking about this baptism of the holy spirit a different kind of baptism than what John was doing out in the desert where he was baptizing people in water. Jesus then, once he's baptized by John and he starts his ministry, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in John 14:16 and he says, "I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever." The Spirit and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved my, by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. At this time, the disciples were with Jesus every single day, learning from him as Jesus was walking and teaching and healing, all of those things. And the disciples didn't even know that Jesus was going to a cross. The disciples, depending on where you're reading in the text, hadn't fully discovered yet that he was the son of God. And so as Jesus is telling them about this helper that he is going to send them, they hadn't fully understood everything yet maybe like me maybe like you as you're reading the bible it's you're getting it in pieces but you don't have the fuller comprehension yet of everything that that god is doing and and wants to do not just in the bible but in your own life so they are barely understanding that he is someday no longer going to be with them but for us as we start to piece things together in god's word and read the story We can see that God is going to give us a helper. We can understand that. And Jesus didn't say it's going to be a crazy uncle. Jesus didn't say that it's going to be an it. Jesus says, I'm going to give you a helper. And he, he is going to be with you. He is going to help you. The third person of the Godhead and Jesus said that he may abide with you forever. It's a he. Maybe you didn't know that today. Maybe you were thinking the Holy Spirit wasn't it. Maybe you were thinking the Holy Spirit is a spirit. No, he is a he. As I mentioned earlier, I spent a good part of my life not understanding who the holy spirit is and really over the last i think it's been three years that i've been on this journey i've i've been reading and rereading this book on the holy spirit i've been uh talking to my mentors about him i've been studying god's word i've been uh really leaning in to the holy spirit and who he is growing my relationship and if you don't know him yet as your helper which is what jesus was telling the disciples i'm going to send someone to you to help you well then i want you to write this verse down john 15 26 this is a verse that you can grab onto and know that you have a helper When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth goes out from the Father. He will testify about me. Spirit of truth, helper. The Greek word for advocate, this helper, is paraclete, which means someone who comes alongside us. Someone who is walking with us. He comes to counsel us. He comes to comfort us. He comes to give utterance to our prayers when we cannot find the words. Jesus was telling his disciples that he was no longer going to be with them, but that he would send them a helper. He would send the Holy Spirit to help them and speak the truth to him. But here's the fantastic thing. And and I think this is where we struggle with the Bible is what we read these words in the Bible and we're thinking that it's only for them during that time. It was only for the disciples. It was only for the early church. It was only for this person or this person. But when we're reading the Bible that it's active and living and alive, these words are for us. The Holy Spirit is for us. The Holy Spirit never left. And this was probably the most crucial, important part of the relationship with God the Father and Jesus the Son is knowing that there's a third person, the Holy Spirit, and that He's our helper. And that He wants to help us. He wants to come alongside of us. He wants to help us navigate this world. And it's not just anybody. It's the Spirit of God. Let's look at some other verses that talk about the Holy Spirit. Write these down. For example, Romans 8, 26 through 27. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Have you ever cried out to God? You're on your knees and there are no words. You're sobbing, you're moaning, you're groaning, and you... Can't even speak to God. And you're stuck in your grief or your disappointment or your sadness, and there are no words. Do you know that there are words? That everything that's in your heart is going up to God because of the Holy Spirit. That's how God knows. God hears those prayers because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf to the Father, whether those moans or their tears for ourselves, for someone we love. Not one tear is wasted. And those prayers go up and God hears them. We know that the Holy Spirit has been here since the beginning. We know That we, that he has talked about, that he was talked about even before Jesus came on the scene. And we know that the Holy Spirit is a person. It is a him. And that he has come to be our helper. That we know, right? We've established that. We've established that so far. So what does that look like now? Now that we've recapped what we've been talking about. What does that look like? So Jesus promised in Luke 24, 49 and Acts 1, 5, 8, that the Holy Spirit would be given that believers might be endued with power from on high. Then on that day of Pentecost, we see how that came to be. Looking specifically at Acts 2, 33. And the Holy Spirit has been here ever since for believers to receive. Now, what does that look like? We can talk about the Holy Spirit. We can talk about how the church began. We can You can look at the text and see how Jesus breathed on the disciples and, and gave them the Holy Spirit regarding salvation and and that's the thing that is hard to to walk through it's hard to discuss when we look at how the disciples received the salvation the first time when we try to understand everything that jesus did on the cross what does that look like for us today but to keep everything simple i don't want to look at that specifically right now i just want to talk about what we have today What we can have today as believers and what that looks like to have the Holy Spirit now, today, after Jesus died on the cross, after he ascended to heaven, after the Holy Spirit was sent. What does that look like today for us to receive the Holy Spirit? So we need to look at it two different ways. There is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Indwell means like permanent residency, that he is living in us now that we are born again and that that we have this revelation of who Jesus is. And because of being born again, we want to be like Jesus. We want to have that supernatural peace and love and and to be able to forgive and uh, to walk out, to be blameless. We want to be like Jesus, a fuller manifestation. And so when we believe in Jesus, we have that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In fill means receiving a fuller manifestation, more, like overflowing. So, So what is indwelling? The indwelling is when you are born again believer. When you have asked Jesus to come into your heart to live and rule and reign. And Jesus talks about this new birth experience, if you remember, when he's talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is an old man, and he says, how can we be born again? How can I enter my mother's womb again? That doesn't work. And Jesus is saying, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. So when we are born again, when we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, that indwelling word that we were just talking about. The Holy Spirit lives within the believer to help him, comfort him, guide him, and cause him to bear fruit in his life. Some people might call this a conscience. Holy Spirit. When you are a born-again believer, you receive the Holy Spirit for him to dwell in you, and you want to have a fuller, representation of who Jesus is. And so then you talk about um being aligned with the fruits of the spirit. Right? Joy and peace and love. So we have that indwelling. Born again believers receiving the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus today, if you've been born again, You've received Jesus as your savior. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Hallelujah. He is dwelling there. He has come to be your hope, your advocate, your comforter, your helper. But there is also another kind of experience with the Holy Spirit, and this is the one we sometimes miss. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. Or The baptism of the Holy Spirit. They both mean the same thing. If you want to know about the Holy Spirit, this kind of relationship, this kind of baptism, then you need to know what Jesus says and you need to spend some time in Acts. You need to look at the early church. You need to see what was happening. You need to see... um, exactly what Jesus said and and what kind of experience they were having, uh, the disciples were having, and the people. So let's look at Acts 1. I'm just going to read for you 1 through 9. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And you can read about that, right? That Jesus died on the cross, he rose again, and his risen body, he was alive and risen from the dead, and he presented himself to people in that region, to his disciples, to prove that he was raised from the dead. With the Holy Spirit. Circling back to what what John had said, right? When we read the whole Bible, we can see how everything comes back. How all of it fits together. How there is nothing missing. All of our truth is there. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. He ascended into heaven. But before he left, I think you might have heard me say, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Let's jump down to chapter 2 and look at 1 through 4. And if you haven't spent a lot of time in Acts, this is where you need to camp for a little while and understand how it's all coming together, the power that we have in the Holy Spirit. Verse 1, chapter 2, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So what's happening here? And was this experience that happened on Pentecost only for the disciples? have you read it in the past and you were thinking this was only for them when i was growing up praying in tongues wasn't something we talked about at our church and and something we definitely didn't practice i remember these rumblings about speaking in tongues And that those were from other churches, certain churches, these other churches over here, but that's not what we did. And really those people, those other believers were ridiculed. But what I've realized, what I've understood, what God has revealed to me was that they, these other people over here, these certain churches, these certain believers, had a fuller picture of who God was and received the truth, the same truth that was given to the disciples, the same truth that was given to the early church. They grabbed onto it. And now at 52 years old, I'm just fully grasping. I say fully grasping. I'm fully, I'm a better understanding of who God is and this relationship and this fullness that the Holy Spirit is a part of and wants to be a part with us. The Bible tells us in Acts 2.39, The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This Promise is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the proof of the baptism is speaking in tongues. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. This may seem weird. This may seem actions of the crazy uncle. But this is God's Word. And if we as believers are going to understand the fullness of God's word, we need to dive into the text. We need to understand the text. We need to receive it and believe it as God's whole truth. The promise of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling and the infilling, is for all of us believers. Both occurrences and this has become a reality now for me in my life I had the Holy Spirit when I was born again I had that I'm praying you have that too I'm praying that you have been born again that you've received that forgiveness of sins the promise of everlasting life that you have that relationship with God and that you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He has come to be your comforter. He's come to consult you. He's come to walk alongside of you to give you counsel. But I don't want you to miss out on that other part. Until I read God's word and understood the fullness there's not only an indwelling, there's an infilling. I was shown that I can have more of God. I can have more of His fullness. And that I can have the same power of the Holy Spirit that was promised to the early church. I can have that today. I have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. I have that infilling, which is proof of speaking in tongues. This has grown my relationship with the Lord. This has given me the power from Jesus Christ and that he is able to do more in me and through me for what I'm doing for the ministry, for what I'm doing for forest glory ministry, for what I'm doing and preaching and teaching and, and working with people every single day. And it has grown my prayer life. It has grown what God can do in me and through me. So why are we talking about this today? This is a challenging subject. And I'm trying to give you a 101 abridged, unabridged version in 45 minutes. I want to allow you to open up your heart and your mind for whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. I want you to have the same fullness of God that were promised in God's word, not this limited version and thinking that, well, this is for other churches or for other people or for those people. No, God's word wasn't written for the denominations. For the churches, God's word was written for his people. All people, all believers. And this is like the most important time that we need to understand who the Holy Spirit is. We need help, my friends. We need help navigating this world. And we need to be able to believe and receive every single word that God has given us, not just the parts that we want to understand, not just the parts that make us feel good. We need to understand the fullness of God's word. Every letter, every word, we have to understand what he wants to do in us and through us, which is to help us have a better understanding of God and to help our prayer life, to help usher in and bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth, we need the kingdom of heaven here on earth today. You turn on your television or your radio or you look outside your window and you're going to see the consequences of generation after generation of sin. Fallen man that goes way back to Genesis. But what we also need to understand in that same, that same understanding is that God is restoring us. God is redeeming us. God sent Jesus to do all of that. It is finished. Now we have to understand it. We have to receive it. We have to apply that to our lives. We need to realize that we have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus promises us that we will do greater things than he did while he was here. And what did Jesus do? Jesus preached and teach and healed and raised people from the dead. We can do those same things, not because of this body, not because of this flesh, but because of what is living inside of us. Not because of our own power but the power that lives inside of us because of Jesus Christ. This journey that I've been taking, I've been witness to the power that I'm talking about. I've, I've read testimony after testimony and I've seen with my own eyes healing and transformation. And I know people, it's amazing to hear the stories that they talk about uh, miraculous supernatural healings that are done today. People speaking in tongues, bondage being broken, chains dropping off, them walking forward with this new life only because of what Jesus was doing in them. We talk about living in today's world with all of the struggles and all the attacks from the enemy and the brokenness of this world. I just want to ask you, don't we want more help? Don't we want more of God? Don't we want to have access to a power source that will give us strength and the ability to receive a greater fullness of God? More joy, more peace, more love. More of an ability to help those that need help. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of listening to the enemy tell me that I don't have what I need. I'm tired of listening him talk to me about lack. This lack of purpose, this lack of peace. This, I'm never going to have the strength I need to get through. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to have peace. I'm always going to live in fear. That God doesn't have any plans for me. God's word tells us the gifts he wants to give us. It's all laid out for us in the Bible. God tells us that he wants to give us a helper. So we have to open our eyes and receive this truth. We have to open our eyes and receive these gifts. We have to have a fuller understanding of what those gifts are. And the number one thing that we're missing today is realizing that we have an helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, And you need to grab onto this truth today. If you haven't yet received Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't wait. Do it today. If you are a born again believer of Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you today. You have everything you need. With Christ, you are not lacking anything. And he will give you whatever you need in that moment as long as it aligns with God's word. You need, like I do every single day, to tell the devil to shut up. That you're not going to listen to him anymore. That you're not going to listen to the lies. That you're not going to allow him to come in and work and move in your life. That you are a born-again believer and that you have the Holy Spirit. Spirit, But if you are looking for more, if you are looking to have more access to God, for that helper to work and move in you supernaturally, can I invite you today to receive this free gift, this promise of the Holy Spirit, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, And when you receive him, the proof, the evidence is speaking in tongues. Not your tongue. Not some unknown tongue. The tongue given to you by God. To be able to pray to him. To be able to talk with him. To be able to Hear him even more clearly. So I'm going to pray right now. And I want you to, I want to invite you to pray with me. If this is something that you want today, if you want more of God, then I want to encourage you today to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That you will have a supernatural experience with God. That you will receive this gift, this promise, that's that's promised to all of us. Trust me when I tell you that it will change your life forever. It has changed mine. I have a fuller, bigger picture of who God is. And I have this deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit that I ever thought was possible. I want you to have that today if you're ready. Indwelling means that the Holy Spirit is helping us be more like Jesus. Indwelling. Like the fruits of the Spirit, like we talked about. Joy, peace, kindness, goodness, generosity, self-control. That we can love like Jesus because of our recreated Spirit in Him born again but in filling reproduces the ministry of Jesus with power and boldness and we see this in the disciples as they are preaching as they are teaching as they are healing these men these fishers of men these tax collectors and these the zealots and these fishermen who came together and followed Jesus who hadn't gone to school, who hadn't been preaching and teaching before in another life. No, these were normal, everyday men who had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and went out to the crowds and spoke against the Pharisees. And they spoke and preached Jesus Christ. They healed they raised from the dead. They cast out demons. They did not do this in their own power. They did it because of the Holy Spirit. And that same power and authority that they had in the, old, in the New Testament is promised to us today. Let me remind you that any believer, any believer who has received Jesus, as their Savior, can receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. If a person is saved and is sincerely seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they can receive. And maybe that's you today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been working and moving while I've been talking and you now have the full picture. All the pieces are in place and you're ready today. I want to invite you. So we're going to Close our eyes, and I want you to repeat after me this prayer. Dear Lord, I've come today to receive the Holy Spirit. Your word says that the Holy Spirit is a gift. Therefore, I realize that the Holy Spirit is received by faith. I received the gift of salvation by faith. Now I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that you offer by faith as well. I am ready to receive this gift. There is no magic, there is no equation, there is nothing that you need to do now in this moment except to receive. It can happen online, it can happen across the world. All you're doing is opening up your heart and receiving, receiving the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receive, 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 receive. 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 Father God, I thank you. I thank you that your word is your truth. I thank you that your timing is perfect. I thank you today for the people that are listening to the sound of my voice, but it's not my voice. It's yours. I pray that they will only hear you, Jesus. They will only hear what you're saying to their hearts right now. I can imagine these tongues of fire that are igniting all across the world so that we can have a fuller boldness, a fuller authority, a fuller knowledge of who you are and what you're calling us to do and to be in these days. We have all been born for such a time as this, and I just pray that you will equip us, that you will ignite us, that you will revive us so that we can shine brightly in the darkness. There is so much darkness out there today, Lord, but you are greater, you are brighter, you have great plans and purposes for all of us. And I pray that this is one of those things that we needed to take us to the next level, to help us to be more like you, to help us to tell others about you, Do a mighty work in us today, Lord. We love you and praise you and thank you. And ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for for joining us. I, I don't know what has happened in your heart, but I pray that you felt Uh, God working and moving and that you will feel that from this day forward as you take these next steps on your journey that you will feel the Holy Spirit as your helper walking with you uh, ushering in this greater knowledge of who God is and how much he loves you and the plans and the purposes that he has for your life thank you so much for being here for joining us and until next time until we can be together again. Be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.